All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. A busy Friday morning in the hockey world, the number one free agent available off the board and heading to the Columbus Blue Jackets and a potential bidder for the Ottawa Senators drops out a lot to get to. Welcome into a Friday, June 9th edition of Daily Faceoff Live presented by Botano. The game starts now at botano.ca. 19 plus, please play responsibly. He's former NHL netminder, current Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. Mike, what's going on? How are you doing? Huh, I mean, just like you, Frank, my head's spinning a little bit with all the stuff that's happened in the last couple hours and with the game last night. So let's dive in, man. We got a lot of stuff to cover here. Yeah. And before we throw the topics up on the board, let's just mention the reporting from Bruce Garriock today of Post Media that Steve Apostolopoulos, one of the potential bidders for the Ottawa Senators, has reportedly dropped out of the bidding process, which would theoretically leave it down to just two serious groups in play for the Sens as some frustration has been mounting with the length of this process. It seems like all of these bidders have been pitted against each other and are bidding against themselves. That would leave the Kimmel family as well as the Michael and Lauer group, although Nico Sparks and his team apparently still hanging out there. But let's uh, dive right in with that trade that you mentioned. A sign-and-trade, the rare sign-and-trade, Mike, Damon Severson going from the New Jersey Devils to the Columbus Blue Jackets, but not before he inked an eight-year, $50 million extension that will pay him an average of $6.25 million per year in exchange for facilitating that. The New Jersey Devils do a tidy piece of business, getting back 
a 2020-2023 third round pick, which is slotted at number 80 overall, originally property of the Calgary Flames, in exchange for a guy that they were going to lose for nothing. But Mike, I'm way more interested in the Columbus perspective of this deal, which has drastically revamped their blue line this week after originally trading for Ivan Provorov from the Philadelphia Flyers, giving the Columbus Blue Jackets the potential of a top four to look like this in short order, including Zach Wierenski and Ivan Provorov on the left side, as well as Damon Severson, a right shot D, and David Juracek, the number seven overall pick from last year. Mike, things are really looking a lot different in Columbus. I think this is a really, the, the foundational pieces of a really good top four defenseman uh, structure. And then that leaves guys like Eric Goodbranson and Peak. And you hope Denton Matichuk can make a dent in your lineup sooner rather than later. That I think they're in a spot where they probably even have a bit of a surplus. It kind of feels to me, tell me if I'm crazy, like the Blue Jackets are taking a page from the Carolina Hurricanes playbook in terms of being well positioned on a one to six depth basis. Yeah, you win with defense. Look at the Stanley Cup final right now. Vegas Golden Knights have gotten there because they have an incredible top one through six on D and Carolina in that same fashion. And, you know, let's not give up on Adam Boquist either, who's also in the mix with with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, of course, health's going to come into this. Where Enski missed the whole season, if he's healthy again, this top four, top six for Columbus looks a whole lot different. I do wonder, though, if there's more to come. Our own Matt Larkin has a piece at Daily Faceoff out today where he talked to Yarmo Kekalainen. and they're still going to be looking for a centerman. I still have questions in goal. Can Merzlikens bounce back? Can Tarasov be the goaltender that they expect? That's all going to matter. But with Johnny Hockey in the mix uh, and a pretty good draft coming, Yarmo's taken some big swings here in Columbus. I like that they've been aggressive. I like that combination of the top four with Horensky and Severson. And like you said, man, I'm really impressed with Tom Fitzgerald of the Devils. Like, this is good business. You get a third-round pick for a guy in Severson because, listen, you know you've got Luke Hughes who's going to be taking up airspace. Simon Nemich last year, second overall pick in 2022, Frank, he had 34 points in 65 games in the American League as an 18-year-old playing defense. There was no room for Severson. Right. So this is smart all around. Uh, and again, I, I think Yarmo, he's always been aggressive. And this is a good example of it. He gets the player he wants. That eight-year term, though, that's scary. So it, it's, uh, it's a lot. And I think it's a bit of an overpay. But I think there's two facts that we can glean from today, Mike. One is that I think Columbus believes that they probably have to overpay to get free agents to go there. Cost and of two, business. two is that the Blue Jackets are in win-now mode. Jarmo Kekalainen has one series win in 11 seasons as GM. Now you bring in Mike Babcock. So you got Babcock, Provorov, and now Severson in a span of basically a week. Times are a-changing in Columbus, and I, I like where they're heading. I do too. I, I hope it turns around there. It's a market that I love. I, I can't stand it when people slag on Columbus. It's a really good city. So um, if they get a centerman and they get better goaltending, watch out because that team could be dangerous. Yeah, watch out. The only problem is there's a bunch of other teams in the East that are also improving, including Buffalo, likely the Ottawa Senators and some others. But a big deal as Damon Severson was the number one free agent available in our top 50 rankings 
People were saying, are you nuts? Severson number one? Tell me which UFA, Mike, is going to get me more than the 50 million bucks that Severson just signed for. I, I don't see it. Yep. No, you nailed it, Frank. Give yourself the big pad. I still, I, I have Tyler Bertuzzi as my number one, just purely because that's the player I want, but he's not getting that money that Severson did. Not with I his injury so. history. No, no, no chance. And I, I would pat myself on the back, but like I'm, my arms aren't big Stubby enough. T-Rex arms. Yeah, right. So, uh, <laughs> big head, little arms. Yeah, let's move on to the Stanley Cup <laughs> final game three in the books. We've got a series. The Florida Panthers win their first Stanley Cup final game in franchise history with a 3-2 overtime defeat of the Vegas Golden Knights. They were one shot away, in fact, just a couple minutes away from the Golden Knights salting away a 3-0 series lead. And instead, the complexion of this series is totally different, if not uh, the game kind of feeling somewhat similar throughout it, in which the Panthers almost shot themselves in the foot a bunch of different times with the unnecessary penalties that they took. I mean, when you look at this series now, do you feel any differently about it? I, it still feels like the same series to me because last game, game three here, was a perfect example of who the Florida Panthers are. They were getting waxed for a lot of that game, Frank, and they still found a way to come back and win. And they did this against Boston. And you wonder, is this the spark that Florida needs to get their mojo back? Because there's the couple key facets, right? They need to have Kachuk playing at top of his game, even though he did leave game three uh, to concussion protocol for a while. Comes back, scores a huge goal. Brandon Montour, he hadn't had a point in 10 games, scores a goal. And Bobrovsky was unbelievable. So those are the things that they need. But I always gauge how a team's playing by the number of odd man rushes in either direction. And it felt like last night it was a it was about 20 nothing in favor of Vegas. So, I mean, I do think that Florida at least defended the front of their net a little bit better, but they gave up way too much on the rush and those bad penalties are going to eat them up. So it's just a microcosm of that team, Frank. They're hard to predict because they can score big goals at big time and you just can't let them hang around in games. And if they're a little tighter defensively, they do give themselves a chance to win. Yeah, and I, I think if you're mapping out a blueprint for a chance to win, though, it's kind of right in front of you if you're the Florida Panthers. The one thing I think they really did a lot better was they just focused on playing. Yeah, they took unnecessary penalties, but they were not penalties of frustration. They weren't stupid mm-hmm. after the scrum whistle things, which we've seen plenty of in this series. They had their game face on. They were ready to play. And if they could cut down on the unnecessary fouls that they had – and give their penalty kill a chance to to really settle in. They've given up two goals in each of the first three games of the series for six goals so far um, with the Vegas Golden Knights power play. That has to change. If you could just cut that down to one, and then also maybe not to get greedy at the same time, but uh, hello, like your power play is over 12 in this series. It has to be better. Maybe make a change on that front. Yeah. One or the other, plus Sergei Bobrovsky, which we'll talk about now, continues to he, – he bounces back. And, and all of yeah. a sudden, this guy that I was saying before was sort of uh, turned into a pumpkin earlier in the series after the 10-day layoff. It's interesting, Mike. Like, I, Let's talk about Bob because I, I say we kind <laughs> what of – about Bob? Yeah, what about Bob? We, we view him <laughs> sort of as binary, meaning he's either on or off. He's either excellent or he's terrible – And maybe this series, if we look at games two to three, is proof of that. 
Henrik Lundqvist, though, was saying on TNT on Thursday night that he actually liked Bobrovsky's process in game two. It's just that the puck was going in. Do you buy into that at all? Or was he just markedly better in game three? That's what it felt like eye test wise to me. I thought he was outstanding. I mean, the number of right-to-left saves he made going across the crease, taking up space, on, was unbelievable. He had several of them last night. One on, on Braden McNabb real late in the third. Um, but I, I, I kind of agree with Lundquist in that. I didn't think Bob really deviated from his plan. It's just that last night, he managed to get his eyes on pucks a lot better. Obviously, it was a clear discussion point between the Panthers' defense and Bob that we've got to let our goalie see shots. Stop crossing in front of him. Let him find pucks. They also and stopped we- and limited second uh, second chance opportunities which was a big difference between games one and two yeah but that also comes with seeing the puck in that way as well so you know for me i thought he was a little bit more patient on his edges which needed to be cleaned up in the first two games he looked kind of he looked kind of over anxious like the rest of his team in front of him especially in game two so like last night was an all-world performance for bob and i don't know if you can keep that up um and i don't like the fact that Florida gave him six power plays to the Golden Knights. You're, you're going to have a hard time contending on that. But Bob was better getting his eyes on the puck. He was better getting set with his feet, and his confidence looked good. Like he saved a ton of odd man rushes, but that's also Bob. That's one of his strengths in my eyes. So it feels like Florida's willing to give up and be aggressive on their pinches and still give up odd man rushes, even though they don't want to. As long as they tighten up D zone and let them see it, it'll make saves. That's what happened last night. So take a look at his save percentage as the series have gone on. It, it kind of felt like everyone was saying Bobrovsky has reverted back to the same guy that he was games around one through three. Are you willing now after game three to say he's back? Well, here's what happens. It's not about the goalie. It's about teams figuring out one another in my eyes and goaltenders. You start to learn your opponent. From a team perspective, from a goalie perspective, these two clubs only saw each other twice during the regular season. You've seen a ton of video now. Now you've seen three games. You know the ins and outs of the other team. And a really cerebral goaltender like Sergei Bobrovsky, he's somebody that improves through his series because of that. So, yeah, I think he is on an upward trajectory. Okay, so when we reconvene for Monday's show, Mm. will the series be tied? No, I don't think so. I still think Vegas is a deeper team, a better team, and I think they're going to win game four. Um, But I would expect it to be a closer game, much like what we saw last night in game three. It's almost like, speaking of the blueprint, that's it for the Panthers. I know there's lots of questions about them scoring. Their coach, Paul Maurice, was saying he's not worried about that. It's yeah. a worry. It's His worry is about defending and getting into a track meet with a team that has a clear speed advantage. Um, I think that's what the the Panthers want to try and avoid or at least cut down on. So, man, it'll be fascinating. Game four, Saturday night puck drop at 8 p.m. Eastern as the Golden Knights or uh, Golden Knights try and take a three to one series lead back to Vegas where they would have a chance to clinch the Stanley Cup in game five on Tuesday. See what the Panthers have to say about that. Mike, let's continue with our off-season preview plan. We're talking today about the Minnesota Wild. And when you consider a team that had so much dead cap space on its books, only to see that number increase this next season for two more uh, at $14.7 million in dead cap space, it's a whole lot of money. But I think the Minnesota Wild, it's fair to say, when you really consider the perspective, their two first-round failures the last couple of years notwithstanding, this team, given where they're at cap-wise, is exceeding expectations. But that also doesn't mean that they can't improve this summer. 
my big thing and, and number one priority that I think the Wild have to address, they've downplayed this the entire time. They're not properly structured or, or constructed down the middle, in my opinion. They still need that top flight, top end center. Those guys are hard to get, but it also seems like there's a number of those guys that are available this summer, whether it's Pierre-Luc Dubois or whether it's Mark Shifley, whoever, Kevin Hayes, whoever it may be, get someone in there that can bolster your team down the middle. You have a different opinion, though. You think their number one priority is elsewhere. Yeah, well, it's a long play for me. That's why. And I think they need to get goaltending shored up. They do have Philip Gustafson as an RFA and Marc-Andre Fleury as one year remaining on his deal. I think that's the priority number one for Bill Guerin, just to make sure that his club has stability in that position. And I wonder about Philip Gustafson. He's coming off a 931 save percentage season where he went 22-9-7 and and looked unbelievable. And he's now played 71 games in the National Hockey League as a second-round pick previously. I know he's blown through a few organizations, um, but one of them was Ottawa. And Ottawa was all kinds of weird for him. So, uh, to me... All kind of weird for you, too. Well, for everybody, (laughs) honestly. And it still is, considering how that sale is going. Um, Just love to see some stability there. But I think Gustafson's going to be a $4 million goalie. If not, it's going to be just shy of that. It's just term. So I think you get that done first. I agree, man. They need a centerman, but they also, they only have $9 million worth of projected cap space here, Frank. And a, and a few guys to sign. And that's right. Like you've got RFAs, like Kalen Addison's do a raise. Sam Steele's do a raise. And you still got to, you know, do Hame down the list, these guys. So I'm not sure how they can make it work bolstering this lineup without moving some money out. And they still need another D. So... It's tough work for Bill Guerin. To me, it's almost like these next two years are about hold and serve and building towards that third year. But you don't just want to hold serve. You want to win. So it's going to be a challenge. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly might even be somebody that could be considered there if you're looking for free agency. So center for sure. They need a D and lock up Gustafson. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Interesting. Yeah, I think this is such a fascinating team to cover and watch. Like, I understand the frustration in the market, but I also think big picture and think where they're heading. And I think the future is pretty bright. I agree. Yeah. And that's why, again, that's why I think that Gustafson play. You want to get that, I think, three, four years down the road. So at least you have stability because Fleury's, again, he's only got one year left. 
How do you think Marc-Andre Fleury will handle potentially taking a back seat? I think he'll be fine. I mean, he, I think you could see even this season that that writing was starting to be on the wall. And I mean, that's a pretty class individual, Frank. So maybe we'll see how it goes, but he's still going to have a couple of big games left in him throughout the course of next season, I think. Yeah, let's get to this week's edition of Icebreakers. We've got a new trade targets board that's dropping on dailyfaceoff.com this afternoon. All right, Frank, time for Icebreakers brought to you by UFC 289 Saturday nights. That has taken place in Vancouver. The card has six Canadians on it, and it is headlined by Nunez versus Aldana. You don't want to miss UFC's return to Canada. It is available on pay-per-view. Frank, we've got a new number one on the board this week. Severson's off. Who leads your list? Who's number one and why? It's Pierre-Luc Dubois from the Winnipeg Jets. I said last week, Mike, that this is the summer of Chevy. And just take a look at our trade targets board and the top five. That'll tell you why that's the case. We now know, and probably not that much of a shock, but Pierre-Luc Dubois requesting a trade formally from the Jets, telling them that he's not going to re-sign there. They're kind of backed up against the wall. Yeah, they could fight it, and they could essentially force a contract from Pierre-Luc Dubois saying, look, you know, we're going to give you the qualifying offer and then you can go through the arbitration process and then we'll produce a one-year award that will then walk you one year from now to free agency. doesn't seem like that's the way that the Winnipeg Jets are going to handle it. And this is a 24-year-old center with some size and some heft who's put up back-to-back 60-plus point seasons. I think a guy that teams... You know, we were just talking about the Minnesota Wild and their need for a center. How many other teams in this league, whether it's, uh, I don't know, pick a, pick another team that that's like the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're dying for help down the middle. I know Dubois doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But, but the point being, there's a number of teams that just can't do enough to get their hands on a guy like this. And now he's available. And now Mark Scheifele is available. So uh, to get a player in that age range – who you can then re-sign with that type of uh, longer-term stability in view. I think the Jets, there's two ways to look at the Jets, Mike. One, you're, you're, you're sort of scared and you're saying, wow, woe is us. All these players, they're not coming back. And two, the other way is what an opportunity this is for Kevin Dayoff to remold and reshape the Jets into Jets 3.0, what the next version of this team looks like, led by guys like Kyle Connor and Nick Ehlers and Josh Morrissey, that you have an, an, a bunch of incredibly valuable pieces, the premier goalie on the market in Connor Hellebuck, the premier centers in Dubois and Shifley, that you're, if you want, you can have the rest of the NHL's GMs eating out of the palm of your hand that's the way that I would look at it as opposed to the negative view. So um, Dubois now rocketing to the top of the list after the trade request. Buckle up. It's going to be fascinating. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who wants a player under 25. It's already requested to be traded twice. I'm very curious to see that. So uh, four pieces. Funny, from wait, before you go on, like no one really said boo about adam fox because once he landed in the place that he wanted to get to he's content and then went out and won an Norris trophy not saying that's necessarily going to happen with dubois but sometimes a player has a place in his mind or or different place that he's like i gotta get there 
Yeah, so did Jimmy Vesey. Man, he's taken the tour of the NHL before coming back to the Rangers eventually, too. So we'll see. I hope he ends up happy so he can perform because he is a quality number two, maybe number one center in Dubois. So four pieces from your top 25 were traded in a three-way deal for Provorov earlier this week. So unquestionably, that means Danny Briere, the new GM of the Philadelphia Flyers, he's open for business. One of those may be goaltender Carter Hart. Where do things stand with the talented netminder? Well, you're a big fan of Carter Hart. I know that. I know that you think when you look at his save percentage, you've mentioned this before, that he's ex- – and you wrote a story about it this week, that even that number, he played better than that number would indicate and has the talent and pedigree, of course, um, to to get there and get to that next level among NHL netminders, needs better support in front of him. And I would agree. I think there are a number of other teams that are agree and are interested I'll tell you that I, I don't think anything's imminent. The Flyers are listening, but I don't think they're pushing by any means to move Carter Hart much in the same way that they felt like they had to do something with Ivan Provorov. They know they have to do something with Kevin Hayes. I'd imagine the same similar type of conversation will come up with someone like Tony D'Angelo as well. So that's the Flyers' thought process. And I've, I've asked a bunch of teams around the league, Mike, you know, what do you think of Carter Hart and where does this go? Would a team, you know, would your team, I'd ask a GM, be in the market for Carter Hart? And I got to tell you, I'm going to say the thing that hasn't really been said publicly, but is definitely under the surface behind the scenes is a lot of teams are leery about any player's connection to the 2018 Team Canada World Junior mm-hmm. Championship team. That knowing that this investigation is complete, knowing that there may be punishment or may not that comes on the other end of it, no one really wants to go crazy trading for a player to then potentially have that player sit out. So not saying anything about Carter Hart and his potential involvement in that, I think it covers the entire roster, quite literally. A bunch of GMs are sitting around saying, what do we do with this guy? We're in a tough spot. And I think that's what is impacting or could potentially impact any sort of deal involving Carter Hart until we have some clarity. Yeah, even the players that have denied any involvement and, and have... Which has mostly been the whole team, by the way. Yeah, that's So if that's you're wild. accused of sexual assault, I mean, maybe the next... No one really cares after that if they also call you a liar. Uh, well, I guess we're going to find out, so... <laughs> Um, let's move along, turn the page on that one. Uh, another team that was featured prominently in your piece, that's the Vancouver Canucks. They had two players inside your top 10. How aggressive do you expect the Canucks to be over the course of this offseason? Yeah, pretty aggressive. And it starts with Connor Garland. I'm told they've been working the phones pretty feverishly the last few weeks, trying to at least find the best price available. They have to do something. Yeah, they have a little LTIR flexibility, but they're essentially over the cap or right at it when you consider that they still have a couple other players to sign. And so um, Garland is the guy for whatever reason that they've put out there and said, you know, we give us a price. Um, I wonder, Mike, what the impact is of the L.A. Kings being able to move Cal Peterson and Sean Walker. That's almost $8 million in salary. And I know for them it was a net change of six because they also took some on in the Ivan Provorov deal. But nonetheless, a lot of people were surprised saying it didn't feel like they gave up that much to be able to move $8 million of salary cap space now, with it, when it comes to Garland, a guy who still produces, he may not be your ideal fit as an undersized guy, but someone that still rings up 50, 55 points pretty routinely. 
at at 4.9 million bucks, like he's not totally out of whack. And I think that's how the Canucks view it. It's just that no one really wants to give the Canucks a get out of jail free card um, when it comes to their situation. So everyone's sort of driving a hard bargain. And they found to this point, I believe that the price is still pretty high in order to do what they want to do. Kind of wild, man. Like Connor Garland a year or two ago was toast the league. It felt like everybody wanted him. And I'd still love to have him on my roster. Does a bit of everything. So funny to see that Vancouver is in that position. Frank, great job as always. That'll do it for this week's Icebreakers brought to you by UFC 289 on Saturday night at Rogers Arena in Vancouver and in your living room on pay-per-view. All right, moving right along with our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hashtag AskDFO. Thanks to those of you who are watching along on our YouTube stream. If you got a question for us, fire it into the chat. We'll see if we can get to it later in the show. Who is the way too early 2024 Stanley Cup favorite? The betting odds you know will be out in short order declaring uh, next year's favorites. Who would be at the very top of your list? Give me one team, Mike. Oh, man, like Vegas is going to return a lot of players, so they've got to yeah. be there. I'm going to give you a sleeper and say don't sleep on Seattle. <laughs> See what I did? You know, sleep is in Seattle. I actually think the Hurricanes, though, that's a solid club that knows the moves that they need to make this offseason to make that team even better. Um, I think they're in a position to be really good next season. So I'll take a flyer and go with the Hurricanes. How about you? I think the Edmonton Oilers are going to be the betting favorite when the odds come out. Okay. Crazy? Why? Yeah, what's what's the game plan? Or just the two best players in the world. Let's see what other support and, and ancillary pieces they can add to the mix. Um, obviously, the betting window, they, they liked the Oilers coming in, and they were a favorite in round two against the Golden Knights. Didn't come together for them, but I think they're going to be well-featured on that odds board whenever it comes out, which is the perfect segue to our daily face-off Batano daily bet segment. Tyler's off today, so I'll take on these duties. And Mike, I was surfing on Botano.ca where the game starts now. 19 plus, please play responsibly Canada's sports betting online. I was looking at this, Mike, and I was saying, how about it? Adam Fantilli to go number two overall. Look, I don't ever really suggest laying big money odds at minus 500. But if you've got the bankroll... This feels like absolutely free money. There is almost zero chance that Adam Philly, Adam Fantilli doesn't go number two overall. And to think that it's only minus 500, unless the odds, you know, makers seem to know something that we don't. Connor Bernard one, Adam Fantilli two, the draft really starts at number three. Am I missing something? No, the dude won the Hobie his rookie year. Like his, his, his numbers are unprecedented at Mich- Michigan yeah. as a freshman. Like we're talking like like Jack Eichel came in and was really good at BU. Fantilli blew that out of the water. This Any other year, world. Fantilli's going number one. Yeah. So yeah, thanks to that's that's a good bet. I would take that one because I cannot see Fantilli going anywhere else, and he'll be in the national next year, so. even though he downplayed it the other day. So if you're not if you're not a better, got a bet five hundred to win one hundred. Still, given what we know, feels like a pretty good bet. There's all sorts of juicy ones out there. Head over to Botano.ca. You've got Jack Eichel. Here's another good one. Plus seven hundred to win the Conn Smythe. I know Marcia So is the favorite with another goal. 
And by the way, the Florida Panthers, a slight favorite entering game four on Saturday night. Another bet to throw your way, Mike. I've got the Vegas Golden Knights minus one and a half games in the series. Only minus 120 to do that. Feels like all they have to do is win in six, which if they can win game four would be a very likely outcome. Game six or earlier for the Golden Knights. So uh, that'll do it for our Botano Daily Bet segment, which brings us to garbage time. What do you got? Man, I just thought it was such a cool story about Brandon Montour and having his uh, son born in the middle of the Stanley Cup finals between games one and two. You can actually see the graphic here. Before game one, even his wife went into labor. After game one, flew from Vegas to Florida, had the kid, comes back for game two. You can understand why he may have been a little bit tired in game two. Uh, And then last night, Goes out, scores the first goal of the game. And there was a great little segment in between or during the first period where uh, TNT's Jackie Redmond interviewed Paul Maurice on the bench, head coach of the Panthers, and joked around saying that, you know, baby Kai, that one's for him. And Paul Maurice said, well, maybe he should have had twins, right? (laughs) Hoping for Montour to have two goals in that game. But um, this is just, it reminds me of my own career where my second daughter was born. I don't know what day, man, but I felt like I was on a bus the next day to Hartford. And I think I had a 40 shot shutout against the Hartford Wolfpack that next game. And it just kind of feels similar that sometimes you, you have these life occurrences that matter. And Brandon Montour did say afterwards that that goal tonight was for baby Kai for his son. And I just thought it was really cool, man. And and I didn't know about this even until game three's broadcast. So it kind of flown under the radar until, uh, until it was let out of the bag last night. Maybe we could all do a little bit better in the family planning department. Kids being born during the playoffs. I mean, come on. I, I We all have our own story. My daughter was born during one of the Caps-Penguins matchups. I think it was uh, – so it was 2016. Um, I, I barely – I made it back with like 15 minutes to spare. I was in Pittsburgh, uh, just filed my story and was uh, sipping on a beer right before last call. My wife said her water broke. I had to drive all the way across the turnpike in the dead nuts middle of the night. Got back there 15 minutes before she was born, and uh, I think I was back on the road for I missed one game in the series, and then back out again. So what a warrior, Fred! That's why you're that's why you're the top of the PWHA man, professional hockey writers association. Oh, Just it. a grinder. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we all have our stories. So congratulations to the Montour family, Mike. Great job today. That'll do it for Daily Faceoff Live. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis. An incredibly busy time in the hockey world. Have a great weekend and enjoy Game Four on Saturday night. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.